The Lord is good. It's back to school Sunday. I heard some mamas just really like, woo, in here this morning. (laughs) Amen. Man, aren't you thankful for a good God who inhabits us and we are his church? Amen. Amen. Listen, have a seat where you are today. Those of you who are at home, thank you for joining us online this morning. Right now, we're going to take a quick second, and we are going to do something very important. Our students are headed back to school. Our teachers and staff are headed back to school. And this morning, we're going to pray over them. We're going to pray over them. But really quickly, before we pray over them, here, Victoria, you want to bring those things up here? Um, It's also just really fun to give away free stuff. If you're a parent and you bought school supplies this year, I know you were mad at Target when that total popped up. You were like, really? That's how much it is for school supplies? (laughs) But listen, today we want to just do some little blessings, and so we're going to draw some names. We've got some bags up here that have gift cards and extra school supplies in them, and so we're going to draw some names. I'm going to work backwards. I'm going to go with teachers first, teachers and school staff. Got something special for you. I'm not going to, this is my husband and I'm not giving it to you because he's won twice in the past two years. I used his gift card, by the way. Who does, I cannot tell what that says. I think it says my, Maya. Maya, come on, Maya. Miss Maya Robertson, back in the classroom this year. This is for you. (laughs) All right. High school. We got a lot of high schoolers in here this year. Y'all. Y'all see I didn't look, right? It's Jack. I can't make him put his back. He'd be mad. Middle school, Landon Simmons. He's starting middle school this year. (laughs) All right. Elementary. That is in the wrong spot. She is not in elementary school. BJ. Come on, BJ. Here you go, big man. All right. Okay, we got a couple more. Just extra little fun things. One more teacher. Jeremy Calhoun. Homeschool teachers count. A gift card for some school supplies. All right, high schoolers. One more high schooler. This is really for your family. Gracie Clark. Dinner for your family. (laughs) Middle school. school. (laughs) Okay, we're not going to do two a family. (laughs) We'll mix that up a little bit. No. Zoe Bailey. Starbucks for the Bailey family. You're welcome. 
And one more elementary. Isla Pittman. Dinner for the Pittman family. Woohoo! All right, listen, now what we're going to do is the most important part. We're going to ask all of our kids to come up here, um, all ages, elementary through high school. Come on up, spread out, kind of give yourself a little bit of space up here. Lord, they just keep coming. Now, teachers and staff, come on up, teachers and staff, come on, college teachers too, come on up here, college teachers. Just so y'all at home can know, like, the majority of our church is teachers and nurses, so this pretty much wipes us out right here. All right, this is the scripture that I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray the word of God over us rather than me coming up with some elaborate wordy prayer, which y'all know I can do. The Lord directed me to his word and he said, I want you to pray the word of God over this group of people today out of Ephesians chapter three. So I want all of you up here just to close your eyes for a minute. Keep those eyes closed. And I want to ask all of you out here and all of you at home to just stretch your hands. If you're at home with your children, lay hands on your children. If you're at home and you're a teacher, have your family lay hands on you. This is a holy work that you do, teachers and school staff. From the cafeteria workers to the janitors to the bus drivers to classroom teachers and assistants, it's holy work. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, we pray the word of God over you. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that his love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church, in our homes, in our schools, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. May this be a year of the abundance of Jesus Christ in the lives of our students and our teachers and our schools. Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise this morning? Amen. 
as we get ready to send our kids back to class and these people back to your seats, I have felt for the past week, the Lord give me a little phrase to pray every night over myself and over my family and over all of our students and teachers. And this is simply as it is. Lord, my body is yours. My mind is yours. My spirit is yours. My soul is yours. My heart is yours. My family is yours. My children are yours. My husband is yours. I am yours. And I trust you, Lord, for you are God and you are good. Amen. 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 All right, listen, kiddo. Hallelujah. I was back there, and the Lord gave me a word for all of you. You are the army of the Lord, the tip of the spear. He has chosen the weak, the young, those people pay no attention to build his army. You are the future. You're the army of the Lord. Put on the whole armor of the Lord. Remember, the king of the universe is your commander. You have a sword in your hand. And wherever you go, you put your foot in and say, in the name of Jesus, this is for me. Devil, you have no place here. And you wield that sword and take the enemy's head off. It's not enough to put on the armor and hunker down. Use that sword. Use your words. Use the word the Lord has planted in you. As, 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 as Lindsay was saying earlier, you are here because the Lord is training you for a fight of your life. Not only for your own lives, but for the life of the church. For everything is going to hell in a handbasket around us. And I mean that literally. But the Lord is establishing his army from the out of the mouths of babes. He will bring wisdom and power and life. Go in the confidence that the Lord of the universe, he is going before you. And he goes before you and prepares a path. Father, just pray for these children. Lord, arm them with your might, O Lord. Maybe the warrior poets, Father, the word in one hand and the sword swinging in the other. And take off the enemy's head in the name of Jesus. We declare that prophetically, Lord, now in the rest of their lives. May that path be established, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, kiddos, we're heading and sending you on back to class so you can have more fun. So we'll send our kiddos on out of here. Everybody else, have a seat. I'm very excited today to be able to share the pulpit with um, my friend. <laughs> She's my friend. <laughs> she just told me, don't already start crying, Miss Lindsay. <laughs> But I get to share the pulpit with her today. Here's the great news. We both talk so fast that we can both preach full messages in like no time flat. So don't worry. We'll still get you out of here on time, but we're going to talk fast. (laughs) But listen, I want you today, man, she has blessed you. And I know that she has led you so much through worship. Um, But she's getting ready to head off to college and finish the rest of her college experience. Uh, But today she's going to bring an encouraging word to you today. So I want you to just sit back and receive the word of the Lord from Sydney Wise. I'll try not to shake while I'm up here. Anyway, I'm already sweating. Anyway, hello. As Ms. Lindsay said, um, I'm Sydney Wise. 
um, I've been in, been in this church for a long time, so I'm sure you've seen my face. But um, she asked me a couple months ago to share something for Back to School Sunday. Didn't really know what I was going to share. Um, kind of just was like, all right, Lord, just tell me what we're sharing, what we're doing. And so um, I found these two verses. Um, so this is more of like a testimonial than it is like a sermon preaching. But I'm going to pray, and then we'll get into it. But Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this service, Father, how you're already here in the midst of us, Father. I pray today that as I would speak, as I would stand, Father, in your authority, that you would allow me to speak your word, Father, that you allow us to receive something from um, your word in this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Psalm 40, um, verses 1 through 5, is one of the first ones that I landed on. Um, And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. May we see and fear and put our trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you've planned for us no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. And then Isaiah 40, 29 through 31, it says, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They should walk and not faint. And so this entire season of being here at church, as well as the 2020 year, um, has felt like waiting. There were moments um, of active preparation, of feeling like, okay, like, Lord, I'm going to set out to do this. I'm going to do the work and allow you to enter into my heart and do um, the work of the fields of my soul to bring me into whatever is next so that I'm equipped for it. And then there were stoic periods of just believing that, Lord, you're the anchor to the ground. You are the only connection that I have to true fruit. You're the only way that my soul can constantly be renewed. So if nothing else changes around me, I'm trusting you and I'm staying put where I'm at. Um, So the depths of these scriptures were just really beautiful to me because in Isaiah, it refers to the prophetic word of what will come to pass, that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's an action. Whereas in Psalms, it's a retelling of David's story. It's a retelling of, I waited on the Lord and he responded. So it's the truth of his promise that he who has promised is faithful. And so in April, um, I was heading home from Glare. Um, I think it was one of the nights that Lindsay had soccer. And so it was really just kind of a chaotic day. Um, but I was in the car and I was driving home and this kind of phrase washed over me and it said, I am living in the days that I longed for, that I never quite had language to pray for. And I think that that is, um, for me and even in our friend group, there's moments of like, it's chaotic. I don't see how you're working it out. I don't understand. I don't understand why I haven't been able to do this or how this door has been closed or whatever. Um, but I am living in the days that I longed for. These are the days that our grandparents and our parents prayed for, the days that our pastors and our leaders have played for, for us and for the church. Um, and so it wasn't some big moment for me where I was like, wow, I'm in the car. This is like my life's goal, like coming home from youth group, this is it. But it was a journey. It was a moment of normalcy where the Lord was like in this stillness, in this resting, in this being content of who you are and who I've called you to be, but also trusting and resting in who he is as creator. Um, and so I'm not quite sure where you've landed if you're in the active faith of waiting or if you're in the stoic posture, um, but I just felt 
to share that these might be the days that you longed for to get perspective and as we're renewing and as we're reminded of God's word and as we're reminded of what he's promised to us that um, that perspective shift is really just everything where these are the days that the church that we as people have longed for of getting to see our children the prodigals returning home getting to see um, just our hand in the church our hand in what the Lord is doing and allowing um, us to be the hands and feet as he continues to bring out his purpose in the earth and so I'm just going to pray, and then that's all I got. So, um, Lord, let us remember your promises. Remind our hearts of what is true. Remind us of your love and of your word over our lives. Allow us to write it down and be reflective and to prophesy it over our families and over our our beings and over our households and allow for um, just your goodness to continue to be visible to us, that we would remember that these are the days that we longed for that these are the moments that um, we prayed for and these are the moments that we intentionally seek you for. In Jesus' name, amen. That was good. That was good. (laughs) I believe this is a year of breakthrough for us, for you. And not in a traditional way. I don't want you to get stuck. Because so many times I think when people think of breakthrough, they think they're going to like win the lottery. Or like everything's going to start working out for them. <laughs> or there's going to be no more problems. But that's not what's promised. Here's what I feel where breakthrough is coming. I feel like that there's a breakthrough coming in our walks of faith. A breakthrough coming in the ceiling that we seem to have hit. Personally, collectively, a breakthrough in our walks of faith. I feel like the Lord has coming to us and he is saying, I'm pushing you to the next level. You've been at this place and it has sustained you and it has taken care of you, but it's time for you to move to the next level in your faith walk. It's time for you to have a breakthrough in your relationship with me. It's time to move your faith up and step up into the next level of a relationship with me that he's called us to. I feel like this is a year of breakthrough. And let me tell you something. The world needs us to have a breakthrough in our faith. I've titled today's message, The Gold Rush. Let's listen to Psalms 27 verses 13 and 14. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Every time things get hard lately, this has been my verse. And I want to say it. I need, I, I wish I can, I, I can hear it in my head in Mama Betty's voice. Because sometimes I need somebody older than me to remind me that the word of God says, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If I had a towel, I would wave it. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Let me tell you something about people. People go where the gold is. In 1848, I think I I wrote that year down wrong. Anyway, a long time ago. The gold rush. There was a little place called Sutter's Mill in California. And there were some people living there, but outsiders, we'll call them. All the people from the East Coast, we, we hadn't really gotten all the way over there yet, okay? We were still over here. But there were about 100 people who had made their way over the East Coast, over the West Coast. And one of them 
this little guy was out there in his water, and he looked down, and he saw some flecks, and he knew it was gold. He tried to keep it a secret for a little while because he didn't want things to get crazy. But don't worry, because somebody else in the town found out about it, and he filled a vial up with that gold, and he went around town waving it and saying, there's gold here. And then the gold rush took place. And in one year's time, it went from being a 100 to 1,000 people living there from outside. And 100,000 additional people crossed all the way over because there was gold there. The hope, the expectation, the promise of gold caused them to pack up and leave where they were and go to where the gold was. We might need to ask ask ourselves why people aren't running to the church. (laughs) Let me tell you something. There's gold in these here hills. In the hills of the Lord, there is abundance overflowing. In the hills of the Lord, there is a fountain of living water that will quench your thirst so that you never thirst again. There is wisdom more precious than gold and more priceless than rubies in the hills of the Lord. We need a gold rush. We need people to see and know. We can't be like the first little man and look and see in the fountain and rivers of our God that there are flecks of gold and goodness and try to keep it to ourselves. We better put it in a vial and run through the streets and say, there's gold in these hills. There's gold in the hills of the Lord. Today I want to look at some things because here's what I feel like that we need. We need the good news of the Lord in our lives. Our world needs the good news. This generation coming up right now, they need the good news. They need to know what God has done. When I was a very young girl, I got this tattoo on my wrist that says Jehovah Jireh which means God is my provider. I put it on my wrist to remind myself that everything I put my hands to, it was still not my hands who brought provision. It was the Lord through me who was bringing provision because God was my provider. You see, it's not the rivers and lakes of this world that provide us gold. It is God who is our provision. Today, I want to put, pull out three short little stories for you that show us how we can start a gold rush. Number one is Abraham. Abraham had waited so long to have a son, and he finally had one, the promise of God, and God tells him to offer that son as a sacrifice. And Abraham is willing He is willing to lay the promise of the Lord on an altar and sacrifice it. I want you to catch something there because so many times we just focus on the fact that he was offering his child to the Lord. But that wasn't just his child. That was the promise of the Lord. It was his purpose, his destiny, his legacy, his calling that God asked him to place on the altar of the Lord. And he was willing to give the very thing God had promised him back to God. And he laid him there and as he was ready to bring the knife down upon his son, it says by Ab- I'm sorry, Genesis twenty two eleven that verse guys. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. 
Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. He called the place, he named it, and to this day, it is still called. I'm going to tell you something. We need some people who will name the place of their provision and tell the story so that it will still to this day be called the place the Lord will provide. What is your testimony? Where did God provide for you? Was there a moment, gosh, I've been there, right? When you're standing and you're waiting and you don't even know if you have the money to buy the groceries that you need to feed your family and the Lord has provided. Where is that place? Call that Kroger the place the Lord will provide. Call your bank account the place the Lord will provide. Call your family Some of you are sitting next to children that you were not supposed to have. Call that child the place the Lord will provide. Some of you are working in jobs that you're not qualified for, that you don't have the means to get, that you should not have even gotten. Call that job on its worst day the place that the Lord will provide. We talk all the time and you hear people in so many circles talk about naming it and claim it. I don't need to claim something that's not mine. I got enough right here that I can name what God has already given me. This is the place the Lord will provide. We are in this building right now. This is the place the Lord has provided. We name it and we make it known. When when Abraham took that moment... And it says, and he called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said the mountain of the Lord is where it will be provided. God has provided for you. Tell somebody about it. We need people to run to the mountain of the Lord because it is there that he provides. Number two, Moses Moses had a staff, and he used that staff a lot. He used it to show Pharaoh all of the power of God. He used it to part the Red Sea. He hit a rock with it, and water came out of it. And then in Exodus chapter 17, starting in verse 8, it said the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. Now listen, they had just come out of Egypt. I don't think they were toting around a whole bunch of armor and weapons. They had to go on faith down there to fight. Moses 
So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady. It remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. He called it, the Lord is my banner. And let me tell you something, as long as the people, Joshua and the men fighting, could see Moses' hands, they were winning. But when they couldn't see him anymore, they were losing. Because let me tell you something, when you're in the midst of a battle, it's really hard to see the faithfulness of God. But if you're in the midst of it and your friend says, hey, look, I'm over here. See my hand? This is the promise of God. I made it. We're going to make it. If I can see your victory, it can help me spur myself to my victory. We need some hands in the air for this generation that says, you know what? Middle school's the worst. Here's my hand. I made it. High school's not that great. It's not the best days of your life. Look at my hand. I made it. College is fun. I made it though. It's not that fun. Early parenthood. It is hard, but look at my hand. I made it. All right. We need some people to lift their hands to the Lord so that the people around them can see the promise of the Lord while they're in the midst of their battle. When it went down, when there was no goodness for them to see, when there was no reminder of God's goodness, they began to lose. And so they named it the banner of the Lord. Wave your banner of provision. I'm getting all out of breath. But I'm just so passionate right now because there are some of us who have been through really hard things And there are people around us who are going through those hard things. And they're nearly on the verge of losing hope. And if they just knew what you had made it through, they might be able to make it through what they're going through. They just might. There are people who are in desperate need. And they don't even know what they need. But if they could see that here on this mountain, the Lord provided for you, they might know where to go to look for what they need. I'll tell you where I found what I need. I found it in the word of the Lord. I found it in his presence. I found it in his people and in his church. It's where I found what I needed when I didn't even know what I needed. The Lord is my provision. It is here in his presence that he will provide. Joshua, Joshua had um, beaten the Amalekites because of the faithfulness of Moses to keep his hands lifted where he could see it. And then there's a very famous passage in Joshua chapter 1, starting in verses 1 through 9. 
After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now I want to pause right here. I know there's probably lots of meanings to Joseph, the son of Nun. I'm pretty sure that was just his dad's name because it's spelled N-U-N. But let me tell you something. We got a lot of kids out here and a whole generation that is parentless. And they may have parents who love them, but they may not have godly parents who know how to point them to the Lord. It says Joshua was the son of Nun, but he had Moses in his life who believed in him, who empowered him, who entrusted him, who reminded him of the goodness of God over and over and over again. And because of the way that Moses led Joshua, Joshua was able to lead the people of Israel. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He said it to him three times. Be strong and courageous. Let me tell you something. As a teacher, you t- I will tell you, you got to teach everything three times. You say it once, some people get it. Twice, a lot more. Three times, you pretty much gotten it. God knew how to teach, so he told him three times. Joshua had seen Moses. He had heard the stories of Abraham and he was ready. And he had his own story and he knew. And he was ready to stand firm and courageous because God was his provision. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. He is able. I know that. And you might know that. But we have a generation in a world that doesn't even know who he is. And they're in desperate need of God to provide for them. They're in desperate need of God to help them fight the battle that they're in the middle of. They're in desperate need of courage to face what's in front of them. But unlike Joshua, many of them never had a Moses who stood with his hands raised to show him the victory was his and it was possible. They have not had a Moses to write down the stories of their life and share with him what God has done. They need to know. Don't take it for granted that our children know what we've been through. Sometimes we don't want to tell them things, I think. I feel that way. 
but they need to know. I have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living, and I know I will continue to see it. This is our gold rush. This is the gold we have. What is your ram moment? What did God provide for you that you needed? When did he show up where you were lost and had nothing left to give? What was your ram moment? Because that ram, that provision of God, that's the gold that people are looking for. What is your staff? What is the thing that God used to break down walls, to part seas for you to walk through? What is that thing he provided for water to come out of a rock when you were thirsty and had nothing? What is the provision that God gave you? We need you to lift it up so that the people will rush to find the gold that you're carrying inside of you. Be reminded... He loves us and he is here. What have you conquered through the courage that he has given you? We need the good news. We need the good news. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. He is able. He is willing. It is the absolute duty and call of those of us who know to become those of us who tell. I have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. He has provided for me when I did not have it to provide for myself. He has given me what I needed when I had nothing inside of me to give. He has met me and provided for me every single day of my life. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. And there's a whole generation of people standing down in a valley fighting a battle and they're fighting and they're looking and they're worn out and they're losing the battle. Let me tell you something. The enemy is fighting like hell and we are losing young people to suicide, to addiction, to lives that they're not meant to have. You are losing your friends who are walking away from the faith they had in God because they cannot see our hands lifted up anymore raise your hands I have been provided for I have found victory in Christ Jesus when I was lost he found me I raised my hand when I was broken and full of sin he found me and here I am when I thought everything was falling apart he picked me up and here I am be strong and courageous He is able. Stand with me today.